Welcome to Dietary Dialogue, a podcast dedicated to answering questions about the nutrition sciences major. Our topic today is recent changes in the field of dietetics and the consequential impact that has on students. This is a topic that every nutrition science student that I've met at UNLV has had questions about recently. And our guest today is Dr. Laura Kreskel. You might know her as Dr. K. She's the founding director of the UNLV Dietetic Internship and Nutrition Center, as well as the graduate coordinator for nutrition sciences. Dr. K is starting her 25th year at UNLV, so she's seen this program grow from almost nothing and change, and she understands how to manage these changes both in the professional and the academic world. Dr. K, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. Is there anything in that little short introduction that you want students to know about you that I didn't cover? The only thing I will mention is when I got here um, at UNLV almost 25 years ago, nutrition did not exist at all. Really? So, yeah. So uh, as I was coming in, they were just starting the Bachelor of Science in Nutrition Sciences. We were not accredited at all. We did not have the undergraduate DPND yet. So wow. we really, truly started this program from scratch. So I've seen it grow all the way through. So I'm really, really happy to be here. So you've seen it when there were its very first students. Absolutely. Too. The very first students, yes. To they, what it is now. Yes. That's so exciting. Absolutely. Well, we have a couple of questions that students have submitted. And as some things are mentioned in the questions, if they're something that might be unfamiliar to maybe like a pre-nutrition major who's just starting out or just something that we want to make sure we cover, I'll give a little blurb about it. But most Great. for the most part, the students want to hear from you. So I'll just start with our first question, which is a little bit broad, but I think it's a good kickstart. So one of our pre-nutrition majors just asked, why should I pursue a degree in nutrition? Okay, so that is a very broad question. And what I love about nutrition is it's a profession that combines the sciences, of course. So if you, if you have the intriguing mind of how things work or why things happen, nutrition is a science, number one. Number two, nutrition is a very young science. And what I mean by that is like biology and chemistry and physics have been around for hundreds of years. Nutrition is very young in that we, we don't always have all the answers. It's not black and white and that the science is always evolving. So what we learn today, we build upon and then we know more next year and then the next decade and so forth. So I find it really exciting that even though we don't know all of the answers, we know that they're coming with research. Um, another thing I really do like about nutrition and majoring in nutrition is that it's an intriguing field. It keeps you on your toes. There's always new information, but it's a profession that helps people. So in my opinion, health is very, very important and health and wellness and well-being is very important. And what I like about nutrition is we can look at it from two different perspectives. If we like the wellness side or the preventative side, so we can keep people healthy, prevent them from ever developing diabetes or prevent them from becoming obese. However, if somebody does have diabetes or kidney disease or they are overweight or obese, we can also intervene and provide treatments and hopefully at least try through lifestyle to lessen the medications they're on and give them a better quality of life. Absolutely. That was beautiful. And I, I think I've heard somebody along the line told me, one of my professors, that like exercise, you can choose whether you exercise or not. You can choose whether you smoke or not. You, all these things that we think of as big impacts to our health, you can choose whether you do them or not, but nobody's choosing not to eat. Right. Like that is something that everybody has to make the choice about and something that like we should be making an informed choice about, but that not everybody is. Right. Far from everybody is. Nice. 
our second question, um, it has to do with probably the topic we got the most questions about, which is the master's requirement. Yes. So for anyone unfamiliar, the master's requirement, as we call it, is the addition of a master's degree to be required to sit for the RD exam. So the RD exam allows you, if you pass that, you can become a registered dietitian. You can practice medical nutrition therapy, um, see patients, bill insurance, all the things that come along with that. And as of January 1st, 2024, in order to sit for that exam, you do have to have a master's. And so that's in addition to the dietetic internship, which is a thousand hours of supervised practice, basically in-field work. Um, in addition to the bachelor's degree that everybody listening is probably very familiar with. And so the first question that we had about that might be a little bit different from what you're expecting, but I think that there's room for, for you to like correct some information here. Okay. So they asked, is a SEND requiring a master's program to become an RDN, or is this something being done by states like the state of Nevada? That's a great question. Uh, this is something that's being mandated by ASCEND, and I think you all know ASCEND is the Accreditation Council for Education and Nutrition and Dietetics. They're the folks that accredit our programs. So this is being mandated by ASCEND, that you must have your master's degree to sit for the RDN exam effective January 1st, 2024. Um, now, keep in mind, ASCEND is also accredited by the U.S. Department of Education, so it's kind of being driven from a federal level as well. Um, there were years of data collection that actually went into this. So this isn't something that Ascend decided overnight. Uh, they've been collecting data on this since probably about 2015, mm. if not earlier, wow. on, you know, do we need this master's degree? And the reason why, if I may expand on yep, That's you know, my next question you know, why, is why. Yeah. why <laughs> um, here's why. Because at the undergraduate level, you're limited to 120 credit hours, as I think mm -hmm. most of you know. And within that 120 credit hours, about 60 of them are dedicated to, to uh, general education, mm -hmm. and they're not nutrition or science specific. And we're learning that dietitians in general in our profession, there are so many more responsibilities that dietitians mm -hmm. have, especially in the clinical setting, privileges as far as treating patients. So things like, for example, do dietitians, should we be placing feeding tubes? And some yeah. hospitals will allow you to do that. Uh, we now have some federal legislation about diet orders, about dietitians are the ones that should be prescribing the diet order. Dietitians should be ordering nutrition-related laboratories. So with all of these increased responsibilities requires increased competency. Mm -hmm. And we can no longer get the competency necessary to be a dietitian in those so-called like 60 credits or those junior, senior year. Yeah. So the skills necessary for quality patient care really do require that advanced graduate degree. And again, Ascend has worked on that for many years. There's lots of data to support that we really do need a higher education and advanced level of education to, to be competent in treating our patients and clients. So this is my own question going off of what you just said. Great. So for those um, interested in pursuing this master's, pursuing an RD track, what can they expect as far as like what kind of material will be additionally introduced in a master's that isn't introduced in your bachelor's? Well, that's a great question. And it really does depend on the master's degree. So if I could backpedal right yeah. now, and we're talking specifically about the programs here at UNLV. Right now, our students are enrolled in the DPD or the DPND. And I should backpedal too, right? We say RD, RDN, DPD, DPND. So an RD is registered dietitian. RDN mm -hmm. is registered dietitian nutritionist. Right now, the academy allows both credentials. Use the one mm -hmm. that you want. Eventually, they might move to RDN only. Okay. So if we say the word RDN or RD, we're saying the same thing. Um, so the DPD program, which is the one that's accredited by Ascend at the undergraduate level, right now, the steps are you take that program, 
then it was do a dietetic internship supervised practice program then set for the exam mm -hmm. well now we have the master's requirement so the whole thing is changing in that we still have that option we still have the option right now where you're sitting through this dpd program you do a dietetic internship and a master's degree. You can do them separately, but mm -hmm. both of them have to be completed before you sit for that exam. Mm -hmm. So that would be option one is I completed my DPND program. I do a master's degree. I go do a separate internship. I have both done. You could even be at two different schools. For two that. different schools. Yeah. Doesn't matter. Um, option two is, well, we have what's called an MSDI, which is what one of the things we have and options we have at UNLV, which is where your internship is built into your master's degree, and they're kind of integrated quite nicely. And for that, you still need that undergraduate DPND, and then, you know, they're integrated nicely. Now, there is another option called a coordinated graduate program, and this is where the future, and also called the future education model, if you ever look at the Ascend information. Mm -hmm. So eventually, it might be moving to the stage where that's the only way to do it. In mm -hmm. other words, the undergraduate side might be a little bit different than it is now, in which case all of your dietetics is done at the graduate level. So, mm -hmm. And that option is available, and some programs have that now. Wow. At UNLV, it's you're starting dietetics at the undergraduate level, and then you're kind of moving it through the master's. So I just wanted you all to understand that there yeah. are two ways, but there are programs that all 100% of dietetics is done at the graduate level. Wow. So what do you get different? <laughs> Um, well, in, in the master's level program here at UNLV, you have to take some of the basics, research mm -hmm. methods and statistics and um, some metabolism courses. So everybody kind of has the basics. And then with our degree program, we really do tailor it to what is the best interest of the student. So for example, I love that. <laughs> it's wonderful. I love it too. So it is a 34 credit program. Okay. And if you're interested in the dietetic internship side of it, six of those credits that you earn during the dietetic internship count towards those 34 credits. Okay. So now there's 28 credits left. Again, you have to take your basics, your research methods, your stats, some epidemi nutritional epidemiology and a couple other courses, some metabolism that you have to take. And then the rest of those credits are really designed by the student. And what's different about the graduate level is in undergraduate, you sit down with the advising center and you have almost like a checklist that you have to fill. Yeah, they call it the degree worksheet. The degree worksheet. Yeah. Well, well, we do have degree worksheets at the graduate level. However, the difference is the master's student will sit down with their advisee, so their okay. graduate student. So, so Ashlyn, if you're my graduate student, I'll sit down with you and we will choose several classes at the graduate level that meet your needs. So maybe you're interested more in something with a public health perspective, and then okay. we'll choose some courses in public health. If you're really focused on food insecurity, then we're gonna take courses that support that. Maybe mm -hmm. you're really interested in more of a nutritional biochemistry, then we're gonna choose some courses that support that pathway. Okay. So the graduate level is a little more individualized, and then you have to do a culminating experience at the end. So it's a big graduate, it's a big professional paper with a big project. And again, that really tailors it to whatever you wanna do. If you yeah. wanna work in food insecurity, if you wanna work in weight management or diabetes, whatever it is you wanna do, that culminating experience is something you design with your advisor. That seems like a great way to set somebody up for a career that they're like interested in, Absolutely. right? They they go into, so I feel like so many times people graduate college, then they try to go into the career field and it's like, well, I learned about all this stuff, but I didn't really have experience in this stuff. And then you can say, look, this is my experience. Correct, and that's the purpose of the culmination experience. So it really does set you as an expert in that area and it gives you some hands-on practicum application as well. Very cool. I am so excited. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So our next question is one that we got a couple of times. What do you think the impact of requiring a master's degree will be for the field, especially regarding salary and research? Okay. 
So as far as salary, it, that's to be determined, of course. I can't, I don't have a crystal ball. <laughs> but um, the, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, they do what they call a compensation survey, and they publish those every couple years. Mm-hmm. And right now, salaries for dietitians are, are, are they're pretty good. They're, yeah. they're increasing over time. I'm going to predict that the master's degree is actually going to lead eventually to higher salaries. And it's not just because of the master's degree, but remember with the master's degree becomes, there's more competency or increased competency Mm -hmm. and increased skill. Mm -hmm. So I think with that increased skill, healthcare facilities and others are going to be paying more for those services. Yeah. Maybe some requirements within that job will increase as well. Absolutely. Nice. And then as far as research, what do you see in terms of research growing with the master's requirement? Do you see any change in that? Um, I do, because I think going back to that culminating experience, Mm -hmm. I think, again, that really generates student interest. So I think some students might stop at the master's degree and be a practicing dietitian for the rest of their lives. But I think a lot of students are going to get the bug, so to speak, and either whether they're working on that culminating experience or project, taking it for something like a PhD and say, I'm really liking what I'm doing. I can turn this into a PhD dissertation and then continue on with their studies and then develop develop a career that way as well. That, that sounds exactly like what I would expect. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, and then somebody else asked, the requirement of a master's potentially means more competition between students. What advice would you give to students who feel like they may not be doing enough in their undergraduate degree? Okay. So I, when that competition, I mean competition to enter the master's degree. I think both to enter the master's degree and probably the internship sure. as well. Sure. And, and honestly, it's, it's no different than it was before. So mm-hmm. it, before it was, again, complete your DPD program, apply to a dietetic internship. Those were highly competitive. So just pointing that out right now that mm-hmm. um, I don't think it's changed. At this point in time, I can tell you it hasn't really changed. Our class sizes at UNLV have been pretty stable. So I don't think it's going to increase competition too much at the moment based on where we are. I will point out our limitation is clinical sites. That's our limitation in Mm -hmm. admitting to the MSDI, others clinical sites, and we're really dependent on our hospitals. But what you can do um, to, I I hate the word competition. I think that's where I'm getting hung up. I I just hate that word. So one piece of advice I have is don't compare yourself to other students. Just don't do it. I know it's really tempting to try to figure out what is someone else's GPA or what does Mm -hmm. their resume look like. I encourage you to not do that. But I do encourage you to be the best that you can be and try to be what we're looking for at UNLV. We want you to be a well-rounded student. Mm. So if you can get some experience in the community, get some experience um, in a food service setting, get some experience if you could in a clinical setting. Maybe I have some experience with kids and some with older adults. We're looking for people who are Mm well-rounded, but I won't lie to you that if you're just going to sit back and kind of, you know, maybe show up to class and take the test and get by with a C, even though a C will pass you, it's not going to make you competitive for graduate school. You do need to be a standout student. Everybody that wants to be an RD um, is going to be dealing with people. And so you've got to have the people skills there as well. And that just comes from practice. I I mean, I think... yes. I, I used to be a marketing major before dietetics and, or before nutrition. And so um, that was just huge. I mean, we had so many freshmen that would come in and they would just be like, I don't know how to conduct an interview. I don't know how to right. do these things. And it was just practice. Like you just had to fail at it multiple right. times until you felt comfortable. And I think the same goes for 
working with people in the healthcare setting. Absolutely. And, and just if I may give a plug for SNDA, yes, um, that's, absolutely. Why, that's why we have SNDA, of course, because we do have a lot of our students who might feel a little bit intimidated or I don't know how to get started. Well, join SNDA, number one. Mm-hmm. There's lots of volunteer experiences that you can have practice, whether it's speaking to people, speaking in front of people. Um, and then we have our beautiful UNLV Nutrition Center. Mm-hmm. And we're brand new and we're just getting started and we're back in person now. So if you're an individual who says, I would love to give a presentation about nutrition, but I'm very nervous, I don't feel right. Well, we have a nutrition center where you can practice. Yeah. And you know, we might have one or two people show up and that's a great place to start. So we have this nice safe space if any of you would like to say, I, you know, I want to just do a 15 minute, whether it be a presentation that's live on how to read a food label, or we have a brand new camera system at the <laughs> nutrition center. You can do pre-recorded videos. We can do live, we- you know, live streaming. We can do all of these things. Mm-hmm. So maybe if you're a little shy about talking to people, maybe you'd like to pre-record a video that we can post on the nutrition center website. Just a simple thing on, you know, how to how to read a food label. Maybe you're really good with knife skills. Maybe you'd want to create a little 10-minute video on, you know, how to use a knife in the kitchen. So there are ways and experience. We can give you experiences if you like them. Yes. And with your plug with SNDA, I think that was the place where I came and and when I first showed up at UNLV, it was so easy to see everybody's best. Like that's all you see when you just see them here and there. And then you get to know people. And I got to know the people through SNDA and it was like, oh, they they struggle sometimes too. And that's okay. Like I'm I'm (laughs) doing better than I think I am. Yes. Everybody, everybody struggles. But I always like to point out, that's why I'm here. Reach out. If you're Mm -hmm. struggling, if you have questions, I love questions. Oh, I'm very happy to be here. So I, I would much rather someone ask me a question. Don't don't let it stew. Don't sit on it. And if you have a question in the back of your mind, don't wait six months. Yeah. You know, just ask. Just find out and just ask. Think about all the things you could do with that answer in that exactly. time, too. Exactly. Um, our next question is um, one that I didn't expect, and I think it's really cool. Um, they said, do you see UNLV ever adding a nutrition sciences doctoral degree? Oh, boy. Yes, of course. Um, hey, I'm only That's one person. <laughs> yeah. So in the in the almost, you know, like I said, I'm starting my 25th year. So in that we created the bachelor's degree and the internship and the master's degree. So that's that's great. Mm-hmm. But we're not done yet. <laughs> um, so, again, we want to continue, of course, expanding our graduate program. Our immediate <laughs> priority is getting as many of you of, um, in this master's program. Right. We want to make sure the master's program is as large as it can be and accommodate as many students as possible. So, yeah, the dream pie in the sky. Yes. Let's get a Ph.D. in nutrition sciences. That's great. However, PhD programs are really hard. You have to have mm-hmm. a lot of lot of faculty and it, it's really tough. But one of the, the one of the things that's happening are the trends are like these interdisciplinary degrees. And in speaking with our department chair, Dr. Richard Rosencrantz, um, he and I kind of have, and, and the, the graduate faculty in nutrition too, we've had these discussions. We would love to do a joint PhD program with public health Nutri- oh, in public health nutrition. That would be awesome. So again, it's just something, it's not official. So please, please, everybody, yeah. it's not official, but doing disclaimer. A, yeah, <laughs> disclaimer, it's not here yet, but doing that type of thing would be nice. These interdisciplinary programs um, are the way to go because they're a way to get those doctoral programs. Mm-hmm. 
But that's a that would be a PhD program. But I would love to see a clinical doctorate as well. Mm-hmm. Um, just so you know, the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics they're actually starting now to look at what would be the competencies and the educations for an accredited clinical doctorate program. Wow! So the degree it wouldn't be a PhD, which is a little more of a research degree. Yes. So a clinical doctorate is something like that physical therapy, those, physical therapy, yeah, occupational you know, therapy. Yes. All those things. Yeah. So we are working on the ascend. I shouldn't say we ascend is working <laughs> on. Um, the You're right there with. Them. <laughs> I know I'm right there. With, well, I, I want it. So um, I would lo- I'd love to see that before I retire. I would definitely love to see UNLV have a clinical doctorate would be wonderful. But again, also PhDs related to nutrition. So I want to make sure I understand that. Right. So clinical doctorates don't currently exist anywhere. And they're not at UNLV, not at UNLV, but they might exist at other schools. They're not accredited, though. So okay, they gotcha. might have a clinical. Gotcha. Yeah. So you might have a doctorate in clinical nutrition, but they're not accredited through Ascend. And so that's what Ascend is looking at is, yes. is accrediting them, what that would take and what it would look like. Exactly. So that in other words, that clinical doctorate would allow you probably to sit for the RDN exam. Mm-hmm. So nice. Um, our next question they reference FENCI. So would you want to explain yes. what FENCI is for students that don't know? Absolutely. So FENCI is the annual meeting of the Academy of Nutrition and Dietetics, and it stands for the Food and Nutrition Conference and Exhibition. So um, it's usually about 15,000 dietitians in one place in a convention center um, where there's so many educational sessions. Usually every hour of the day, there's multiple educational sessions going on. And then the exhibition part is pretty much all of the food manufacturers all across the nation come together and they have an exhibit hall where you can go in and they demonstrate new products and show you new products and you get all the samples you can possibly possibly uh, carry with you and eat. (laughs) There's probably so much food. (laughs) There's so much food. And we also do a a student recruiting fair as well. Um, And one thing, if I may do a plug for Fancy, they they also do encourage student attendance. So uh, they have lots of events geared for students from receptions to, like I said, we do a student recruiting fair for different graduate internship programs. Yeah. So it really is a student-friendly conference, and it's a lot of fun. Kind of like a knowledge and networking, like powerhouse. Both. Yeah. That's exactly, I couldn't say it any better. (laughs) Yes, knowledge and networking powerhouse, correct. So the student asked, um, they said, there is a fancy conference on the collaboration between RDNs and therapists and its importance in the treatment of disordered eating. Do you see a future where dietetics and psychology ever combine into one degree or profession? Ooh, that, that's wonderful. Um, I could see that it, it's really hard because with accreditation, I don't know if they would be able to, because you have two accrediting bodies. Mm-hmm. I don't see how that would work, but Mm-hmm. Let's not uh, say no, right? Yeah. But you have two accrediting bodies coming together, but that doesn't mean it wouldn't be possible. However, um, this is where an example where you can become a dietitian and then also get licensed as a psychologist or a marriage mm-hmm. and family therapist. And the two professions really do go hand in hand. Mm-hmm. And I, I actually know of a dietitian, if I may say, Dr. Weber. Some of you yeah. may know Dr. Kelly Weber. She's a professor in public health. She's also working on her master's degree in marriage and family therapy. So wow. she's, she's using her dietetic background and her you know RDN credential as well as becoming a licensed therapist. So... There you go. Maybe that's something that like people looking for that window of opportunity jump on that with the master's requirement. Absolutely. And maybe maybe they find that window there. Absolutely. Nice. Then somebody asked, what topics do you believe don't see enough light in research? Oh, boy. Uh, <laughs> don't see. Well, I guess it depends on, on the purpose. <laughs> I guess it depends on the purpose. Um, let, let's go back to the basics in healthcare. Women are underrepresented in research compared to men. Mm-hmm. Um, people of different race, 
and ethnicities are underrepresented compared mm -hmm. to white individuals. So I think that needs to, certainly attention needs to come there. Um, marginalized populations in general. I think we, when you think of social disparities. Oh my goodness. Anywhere there's a social disparity, you're going to see a disparity, a disparity within diet as well. Absolutely. So let's start with just put nutrition aside for a second. Just yeah. just the pop from a population standpoint, we really we need to really be more inclusive, I guess, in our mm -hmm. research. Um, you know, you feel I feel like, you know, there's so much out there about cardiovascular disease and there's so much out there about cancer, but we still don't have the answers. Yeah. So there's not enough. Mm -hmm. So if you if you Google or go to PubMed and type in the word nutrition and cardiovascular disease, you're going to get millions of articles. Absolutely, yeah. If you take something more narrow, nutrition for Parkinson's disease, you're going to get a very narrow window, but yet we still don't have the answers on either one. Hmm. So we're nowhere near being done yet as far as Anything research. that brings answers. <laughs> Absolutely. So we have these topics with lots and lots and lots of research without definitive answers. And we have guidelines for cardiovascular disease. But we don't have a cure, right? It's it's not as easy as it as it sounds. And then you have something like nutrition for Parkinson's, which is a newer area, so to speak. And we need more research mm. and everything in between. I think what you were saying, too, about just underserved parts of the community, yes. um, we have a fairly diverse group within the nutrition sciences major. And so um, I think what like the questions that we have here um, in the future for those who are, are curious, you know, how am I going to pay for school? This additional master's requirement. Right. What am I going to do? What opportunities exist for me? Maybe that maybe you've faced some of those social disparities in the past. Yes. Like this is the place to ask questions. This is and resources like Dr. K are available to connect you with the people that can can help make it a possibility. This is something that, you know, when you when you think about those underserved populations, it's people that have felt the negative effects of that that often drive the change the most. Right. And so it's I wanted to put a little plug that they Please. absolutely come come and even if you don't know where you're gonna go or what you're gonna do yet, come with enthusiasm, you know. Absolutely. And and the UNLV Graduate College is amazing. Um, we recognize our, our we know our student body and the resources they're always working for more resources for graduate students. Mm -hmm. And you probably know UNLV also serves a great number of first generation college students. Absolutely. And we have offices dedicated to to that. So I agree with you. It is a hardship because now it's, oh, wait, two more years, two more mm -hmm. years and more tuition. And, and I do recognize that. But, um, you know, unfortunately, it's just healthcare. It's just it's it is competency based. It's not yeah. I can tell you it's not a money making scheme for universities. You know, yeah, is a nonprofit. They weren't um, sitting there like, can we pull a little bit more yeah. money out of them? Even if they make more money later, they they genuinely yeah. want you to be competent, competent and serving the people that you serve Absolutely. to the best of your ability. You know, but UNLV is wonderful. So, like I said, I, yes, I know it's additional tuition, but there are resources, and the graduate college is, is really, really aware of, of that. Like we mm -hmm. know the graduate students, we know you're not independently wealthy, and remember again with the amount of first generation college students we have at UNLV, and even in general, what I what I love about UNLV, I know this is off topic, but you know, I I did my master's degree at Columbia University and my PhD mm -hmm. at Penn State, and there's a lot of trust fund kids walking mm -hmm. around campus. Um, I came to UNLV and I have never taught a student with a trust fund. <laughs> so everybody, all of our students are hardworking individuals, mm -hmm. again, often coming from first generation um, college educations, and mm -hmm. they don't have the support system. They don't have the family um, who's gone to college to support them. I can tell you, I'm a first generation college student. I was told I, I didn't wasn't. know that. Yes, I was. Um, it's, it's a long story, but um, I am a beauty school dropout. My guidance, <laughs> my, my high school guidance counselor, I, I grew up very poor in a single parent home. 
single parent household. And, um, you know, we, we were food insecure. My mom and I would wait online for mm -hmm. government cheese and government peanut butter. And my guidance counselor basically said I was not college material. So I should mm -hmm. go to beauty school. That would be about my aptitude. And um, I actually dropped out of beauty school to go to college. And um, so here you go. <laughs> prove him wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to prove him wrong. So if that makes anyone feel better, if you're a first-generation college student, you can do it. Yeah. If you're not a first-generation college student, you can do it. So I, I think UNLV is a really, really inclusive place, and they do a good job of trying to make our students feel included and that they can do it. Mm -hmm. I think there's a tr like a treasure trove of resources yeah. that just need to be tapped into. People Correct. just need to hear about it and act, you know? Correct. The next question says, the students listening are in a wide variety of positions, so what are some things students can be doing now to set themselves for up for success within the field of dietetics as it grows and changes? Sure. Well, obviously, the base is is your score, right? The didactic knowledge. Mm -hmm. So um, you all probably know that you need a C or above in your courses to be a passing grade because, unfortunately, if you're getting D minuses, you're probably not competent. Mm -hmm. So, of course, step number one is you do need to focus on the base, right? We need a solid base. So get that knowledge in there. Do well. Take the time that you need to get through your coursework. Some students, I feel, they, they just push, push, push and rush, rush, rush. If you need to take an extra semester to take some extra courses, it's okay. There's mm -hmm. no, there's no, it's not a, it's definitely not a sprint. Mm -hmm. So do what you need to do. You need a good foundation. But Ashlyn, like you said, it, you, it's dietetics isn't just about regurgitating something from a book. Mm -hmm. You need to be able to take the information that you learned and communicate it to your patients, your clients, to the public. Mm -hmm. So you might know everything in the world about, you know, carbohydrate metabolism, and you can write it down on paper. But if you can't take a patient who doesn't know what a carbohydrate even is mm -hmm. and you can't explain it to them, ah, that's a problem. Yeah. So you, you really need to take time to do what you said, get to know people, interact with people, learn to communicate with people. So that's just as important as the academic part. Nice. I love that. I absolutely love that. Those are all of the questions that I had. Is there anything within those topics or any topic that you want to like address like, hey, students, feel free to ask me questions about this or whatever. Anything you want to add? Um, I'm going to say, hey, students, feel free to ask me questions about anything. And I'm <laughs> going to do everything I can. I, I probably, you know, I don't have the answers to everything, but I really am hoping that students feel comfortable to ask questions. Mm -hmm. So I know I don't see the freshmen and the sophomores and the juniors in the classroom, but find me. Um, I'm over at the Nutrition Center. I'll make an appointment with you. Mm -hmm. um, so find me. So that's number one. Um, Ashlyn, you can find me all the time. Christopher over at the Nutrition Center can find me all the time. So number one is feel free to ask me anything. If I don't know the answer, I will try to get an answer for you or at least point you to the, a person who knows a better answer than mm -hmm. I do. So I would definitely, I definitely would like you to ask the questions now rather than wait till later. Mm -hmm. um, another piece of advice, and I see this with the seniors a lot more. This, the, we have this imposter syndrome in the seniors, where usually it's spring semester, senior year. All of a sudden, people think I don't know anything about nutrition. <laughs> they they start. <laughs> what to have panic. I been studying? Yeah, they start to panic, and you know they they just panic, and it's like no, you know so much. There is mm -hmm. so much that you do know. So have a little bit of confidence in yourself. And the thing is, with this bachelor's degree in nutrition, you're learning a lot, but it's a tip of what's out there. Mm. I've been at UNLV for almost 25 years. I think I've been a dietitian a long time. Um, I'm older now, so I've been around the block a while, and I'm still learning about nutrition. I don't know everything there is to know about nutrition either. 
So as a student, and no one around you does. <laughs> no one around me does. And if someone thinks they know it all, ooh, stay away from that person. <laughs> so, so I, I feel like you know, as as a student, you might feel like, oh, I don't know this, or I'm not real strong in this area, or oh, you maybe heard something. I didn't know that. Maybe I'm inadequate. No, like I said, we all learn new things every day. I learn. I still learn about nutrition all the time. <laughs> so my piece of advice going through. If you're studying nutrition, you don't need to love everything about nutrition too. That's another thing. You're not going to love every topic, every subject matter. But if you're taking like... I don't know back, anyone who loves all of the Krebs cycle. You're not going to love all of <laughs> Some people might, but some people might. Yeah, if you don't love every enzyme in the Krebs cycle, that's okay. <laughs> but two things. Keep an open... Number one, keep an open mind. Always keep that open mind. Don't have any preconceived notions that I'm going to hate the Krebs cycle mm -hmm. or I'm going to hate food service management or I'm going to hate community dietetics. Don't mm -hmm. just keep an open mind, number one. And then number two, you're not going to like everything and that's okay. But if there's one thing about nutrition that excites you, you're in the right place. Because what I love about our profession is that once you're a dietitian, there are so many specialty areas. So maybe you're a clinical dietitian. And then a few years later, you say, you know what? I don't like this. I want to go work as a community dietitian. You can do that. And you can. Yeah, you can. I want to go work in Abbott Nutrition and do some sales. Oh, you can do that. Mm. Maybe maybe it's the opposite. Maybe you're a clinical dietitian working with in one field. And you say, you know what? I fell in love with renal dietetics. I want to go mm. work in renal or I want to go work with bariatric patients. Mm. It's just there. It's it's so broad, and there's so many things you can do without changing the profession. You just mm -hmm. might have to shift your continuing education a little bit, but there's so much you can do. It's it's very hard to be bored being a dietitian, hmm. and that's what I, I love, love about that. it. I love it. I want to give a little bit of a plug yes. because when I made when I decided to transfer to UNLV, and I thought, do I really want to study nutrition? sciences. This is going to be time commitment and a change to my life. Do I really want to do this? I just reached out to the dietitian that had an office closest to my house. And I said, hey, can I come shadow? And I went there and I kept up a, a good rapport with them. And now I work for them. That's and great. I started talking to Dr. K about questions that students had. And now we have this podcast. And so if you're sitting there thinking, I just learned so much in this podcast, or oh, I had questions about that too. Every question that you have could be an opportunity. So just please ask it. it. It's the simple things that grow into great opportunities, I think. Absolutely. And, yeah. and, and students that are listening, if you have more questions, contact Ashlyn, because I will be happy to come back as long as her yes. schedule permits. So if we have enough, yes. you know, certainly, Absolutely. certainly I'll come back. Um, as far as the podcast next week, we'll be having Kennedy Springer on. She is the director of performance nutrition. So if you are interested in sports nutrition at all, she's going to be a great episode to listen to. And then I also wanted to give a little bit of a plug. The first SNDA meeting will be 4 p.m. at the Nutrition Center on September 13th. And that will be open to everyone, member, non-member. Come see what SNDA is about. And then you can decide then if you want to join. There's going to be a little bit of food and some time for students to just get to know each other. And I know for me, that was a key thing when I was a pre-nutrition major. Juniors, seniors, they have classes together, but that doesn't always happen pre-nutrition. Right. And so it is a wonderful opportunity, especially to get to know um, students older in the coursework than you are um, or younger and, and get to really see where are they at, what have they done, and spin off of that in, in your own studies. So, so would you like to add anything before we end it? I don't think so, but okay. just that I'm delighted to be here. Um, I'm very, very dedicated to UNLV, and, and I, I say this to all of my students in the classroom. Being with students is what keeps me here at UNLV. Mm. 
I do a lot of administrative stuff where I'm sitting on a computer. Maintaining accreditation is is sometimes not the most fun thing in the mm -hmm. world. It is a necessity and it is, it is interesting. But what keeps me at UNLV year after year after year is you, the students. So interacting with you, teaching classes with you, it's what keeps me going. So I, I thank you all for being students and I really, really look forward to getting to know each and every one of you. Thank you. We'll see you guys next week.